Y'all ready to be history? It started. Welcome. Hi. 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 Hello, everyone. To the Pro Audio Suite. These guys are professional. They're motivated. With Tech's The VO stars. George Whittam, founder of Source Elements. Robert Marshall, international audio engineer. Darren Robbo Robertson. And Global Voice. Andrew Peters. Thanks to Tribooth. Austrian Audio. Making passion heard. Source Elements. George the Tech Whittam. And Robbo and AP's international demos. To find out more about us, check theproaudiosuite.com. Learn up, And don't forget the code TRIPAP200. That will get you $200 off your tri booth. Now, I should say before we start the show, a disclaimer. What you're about to listen to is what we would not advise voiceover actors to do. <laughs> yes. That's all I'm going to say. Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We have a special guest today from Centrance, Michael Goodman. G'day, Michael. Hello, gentlemen. Pleasure to be here. It's lovely to have you. Now, today's review is about Sentrance itself, but also uh, the English Channel. And I know two of the people are using English channels yeah. as we speak. And one has done some funky little setup to his laptop. And that, of course, <laughs> who else but Robert? I just kind of like that, that setup where I use the TRRS cable going into the laptop. I just like it because it's wrong. One of the things, actually, two things that, that I ran into, and, and, and uh, Michael, maybe you can explain to me a little bit, but I found that when I use the, the English channel with the XLRs going across the top, when you get into the portcaster, you're hitting the mic preamp with an amplified signal, and you end up having to not use as much gain on the mic preamp over on the soapbox as you want because you're... Even with the pads turned down, and I think I ended up using the pad in the English channel as well to try to pad it back down so I could get into the meat of the of the soapbox in terms of processing the compressor especially and the de-esser as well. So anyways, what I did is I have the mic going in, the XLR going out and over into the English channel, and then I have an XLR cable going out which feeds into the whatever the tip ring the second ring of a tip ring ring sleeve jack and that goes into my mac and then out of my mac is the tip ring sleeve the the normal stereo output of that jack and that goes to a female connector and i take the output of that i have an eighth inch to eighth inch or an aux cable i take the output of that and i plug it into the three four input of the uh, port caster and I also take another eighth inch cable, aux cable, and I go line out of the English channel and into the phone TRRS input of the, of the portcaster as well. And that's how I monitor Sorry. my own voice. So I have two knobs on the portcaster. I, I do not have a USB going into the computer, just a USB going into the power, headphones, 3-4 being fed in, which is the computer return, and my microphone coming in through the TRRS channel 2 input. So I have the 3-4 knob for you guys, and I have the channel 2 knob for my own headphones. And voila, uh, fully processed microphone with EQ using the built-in Macintosh input and output through a TRRS cable. Doesn't sound too bad, does it? Well, first of all, um, I, I have to hand it to you. You get the prize for the <laughs> most creative, innovative use of this technology. And it still sounds good. <laughs> Can I just say also the most <laughs> convoluted? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> um, I guess 
it is a statement about the universality of this thing because i i hadn't thought of, about that use normally what we'd recommend everybody to use is the english channel takes a microphone on the input and gives you a usb output that you plug into your computer it does have really high quality analog to digital and digital converters inside so we believe it's better than the converters inside of a, a typical computer such as a mac or pc and therefore you you'll get more audiophile sound quality that way but look i mean there's so many gazintas and gazautas in that thing you can probably slice it many different ways well here's here, here's where i came up with that setup and i decided to do this setup because i wanted to use the soapbox and the full processing and i wanted to do something different as well but where i first came up with that setup and i think it works really well is with the jasmine mic pre because then it's the same thing you have the xlr feeding out and then you have the computer just return back to the line input. And the Jasmine mic pre itself, the headphone already blends your headphones, your your input, your mic input with the headphones. So you don't need the second aux cable that I'm using here. But um, it's certainly a great way to literally use the Jasmine mic pre with a computer if you just want to get the Jasmine mic pre. That's actually true. And to be honest with you, we have received feedback about the Jasmine mic pre one thing that it sorely lacks, apparently, according to some users, is a USB audio interface. People are like, why don't you just put a USB jack that actually does audio on that thing, not just power? So <laughs> then the Jasmine Pre basically turns into a MicPort Pro with a line-level input and a mixer so that you can bring some music into your program or just listen to a backing track and sing along with it or play along with it, something like that. It really just becomes a MicPort Pro at that point. With a slightly better preamp? I don't think so. It, it becomes like a Focusrite um, Blue ISA-1 uh, where it has a you know a Q-mix input or a return channel so you can right. monitor in low latency what comes out of your DAW. If it, had, if it had a USB audio interface, then it would be exactly like those things. No, the no? Focusrite ISA desktop is not an audio interface. It has no USB, but oh, it's a preamp with oh, really? Q return channels so you can monitor low latency out of your DAW. Um, there's not a ton of mic preamps that do it, but the Jasmine does it too. And it's a super useful feature, even without the USB interface. You know, in developing the English channel, we, we had to um, face a couple of decision points because originally it was actually four devices. It was the Jasmine preamp followed by the dynamics box, followed by the EQ, the black cab, and followed by the audio interface, which is the portcaster. But four devices, that just looked like a lot in front of you. Just looked way too complex. Yeah. So a couple of voiceover actors, uh, you know, heard about that and they're like, uh, can you please put the preamp inside of the soapbox? So that's what we did. And thereby we made Jasmine preamp pretty much obsolete in our product line. It's a foster child, sad to say. I liked it. So, so the preamp is the same in the Jasmine as the uh, soapbox. Yes. Can I ask what's the preamp in the um, in the passport? The preamp is the same all across. So that's we we call it the Jasmine preamp. It's a custom designed um, discrete transistor um, preamp with with uh, you know d dual stage. But the Courtcaster doesn't have a Jasmine. Courtcaster is Portcaster with a very small modification. It's basically the same as Portcaster. So it is a Jasmine preamp in that one yep, as well. Yep. Everywhere is the same preamp. Oh, so basically all your preamps are the Jasmine. Hey, uh, what differs uh, between products is the amount of gain available. So Jasmine preamp, if you need like the possible, like theoretical lowest noise. So so somehow it's different. Somehow, even though it's a Jasmine preamp, it's yes. a better Jasmine preamp. Yeah. yeah. So we, we, we monkey with the gain inside the unit. Mm. 
Wow. Because the MyPort Pro, that's got, I think, it's 65 dB gain. Is that 65, correct? and then Soapbox has 70, and the Jasmine preamp standalone has 74 or 75. Wow. Yeah, okay. so it's like a 5 dB jump, and then there's a corresponding price difference. I haven't got one, but I know that um, generously you're going to send one for review. The MyPort Pro, and I know it's been around for a long time, but this is the the latest version of it that you've got, which has been around for how long now, the the newer one? The latest MicPort Pro has been around since, I want to say, that 2018. The first MicPort Pro was, what, 2008? 2009. Uh, eight. Eight. You're right. Eight. I still miss my original. <laughs> well, someone's got it, and they're enjoying it. Yeah. Someone's, yeah, some bastard. Hello. Yeah. Yeah, and probably got your laptop as well. He's got both Uh, the laptops. Oh, he's got a bunny. He got a bag full of stuff. It might not be a he. Come on, let's not get sexist here. Yeah, someone who identifies as a thief. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I identify as a thief. Yes, indeed. So now, Michael, with the English Channel, who who were you? uh, Who were you looking at when you were designing this? What was your your market? The mirror. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, before you answer that, I actually want to take you one step back in, inside your twisted mind. I appreciate that. <laughs> Where did you come up with the idea for for this? So the name of the product. The English Channel. I'm curious about the name. The the name, obviously, is it uses British Agu and everything else from, you know, a channel strip on a British console, analog console, and therefore, you know, it's called the English Channel. So it's a channel from a British console. Now, you can argue that British consoles have been responsible for one of the most prolific periods in the history of uh, the music industry, where in the 70s uh, early 80s, a lot of really cool music was produced. I'm not saying that today music is bad, not at all. All music matters, obviously. But I just happen to like a lot of music that was made in the late 70s. Anyway, so that's the name, and it's sort of a kind of a nod to that era. A lot of our customers who buy the English Channel are um, from that era. They, you know, they have experience with analog technology, and to them, that that's that feels good. Now, how did the product come about? Um, there's really two ways to think about it. First of all, we couldn't get any digital chips during the COVID, and so we couldn't build the MicPort Pro and Portcaster Mixerface, all those other things. And I was sitting um, on a very short a lounge chair at a hotel in Mexico last vacation before COVID. And I was kind of anticipating that they were going to hit some trouble. And then I thought to myself, we should design some analog products because, you know, digital does not look good in the nearest future. And um, so that's how the analog channel came about. Mm. Uh, More of a business necessity (laughs) than anything else. But then as it started you know, to appear, to materialize, I was practicing with it. And um, about that time, I started really recording YouTube videos for the Centrance YouTube channel on a weekly basis. That's, you know, it's a job. And um, because I traveled a lot, I ended up taking the English channel with me uh, wherever I went. Like, for example, two weeks ago, I was in Indonesia uh, at a trade show, and um, I had the English Channel, and I did some streams from the trade show floor, which sounded just like you know what we sound uh, like right now, and I could get rid of the noise in, in the trade show floor. It was loud and all that. So I started realizing that this is actually a very cool product for a traveling content creator. 
because again, as I said, you know, I was looking at the mirror jokingly, but you know, I happen to be a traveling content creator because I have this job of, of, uh, making videos for our t- uh, YouTube channel and then, um, you know, podcasts, things like that. I, I did have a podcaster before and podcaster obviously came out first and that's great for doing podcasts, interviews. I know George uh, uses it for that as well, but it doesn't have a way to enhance your voice and then also get rid of the noise. Um, everybody who's starting out in the voice arts at first has to come uh, you know, against this uh, fear of uh, hearing their own voice because we never know how our voice here, uh, sounds like when it's recorded, right? until we have a lot of practice. And then, so I also had a fear of, you know, listening to my own voice and I thought, man, I probably want a little bit more bass, uh, maybe, maybe a little bit less treble <laughs> here in this area. You know, I kind of sound more confident if, if I, if I do some of the enhancements. Yep. And then, so what this thing allows me to do is honestly develop confidence in public speaking, believe it or not, which is kind of like not the intended use of the product, but it gives me that ability to feel better about myself, which is an unintended psychological consequence of a technological product. I have a question about the EQ. Is there anything particularly on the technical side that makes it a British EQ? I know that like sometimes I, I found that the bandwidths can be pretty wide and therefore in that sense sort of makes it a little bit more English and style, just the wider. I mean, they they do get pretty. If I crank mine up here and I put it all the way on the left for the cue, you know, you can kind of hear it, and it's pretty tight. But it doesn't sound like I'm sweeping a sine wave. And on the wide side, it's well, you know, it's so wide you can barely hear me sweeping that at all. Eight is pretty wide. I mean, this is it's a it's almost like a surgical instrument if you put it to point four, and it's just a, a shelf almost. At the uh, at the other extreme, the frequency response of that thing is quite wide. Um, I don't have the spec sheet in front of me, but I wouldn't be surprised if it goes up to you know almost 100 kilohertz. So it's very wide. It uses uh, modern circuitry. I mean, this is not the circuitry from the 70s and the 80s. Of course, there's been a lot of breakthroughs in analog technology since then. So that's why it's quiet, and um, it allows us to to do some tricks. It doesn't have transformers, so some of the Rupert Neve technology the color yeah, yeah. He, he, he loved his transformers and um they they gave you that bass they gave you that strange kind of phasing sound i mean you know a lot of people prefer that and there are manufacturers of audio interfaces uh, there's one right here in chicago like lion yeah, yeah, yeah that um you know loves transformers as well and those guys you know we've we've had a shootout and it was very interesting because i brought some of our gear to their studio and then they had some some of their interfaces and we had an interface shootout and um the results of the shootout were inconclusive in that they loved theirs and I loved mine. Did they want to do a Black Lion edition of the Sentrance? Yeah, of course. <laughs> no, they they hated our stuff because we didn't have transformers in it. Yeah, uh, and and I was like, you guys, this doesn't sound natural. Is that what goes out? Yeah. <laughs> this the, what goes in is not what goes out. You know, and they're like, yeah, that's exactly the point. <laughs> so <laughs> different styles. So talking about that though, if you're talking about late seventies, early eighties, uh, when you were designing the English Channel. What sort of preamps were you thinking about? It sounds like you weren't thinking about Neve. You were thinking about maybe 
API or no, something? We, we or? wouldn't necessarily want to, you know, copy somebody else's design. So that wouldn't be uh, prudent uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, one of which, just personal pride. <laughs> yeah. We wanted to have our stuff. So you could argue that the whole concept of the British invasion and the British Council and all that is um, largely a psychological uh, construct. Than any particular style of circuitry design. It's not an homage to any like this. Mm. Isn't a V seventy two clone. I I wouldn't want to do that. There's so many people that say, "Oh, we we make a microphone and it's like it's the best U eighty seven, you know, this side of U eighty seven, whatever." And uh, that that is a great marketing strategy for some people, but we decided not to do that. It's like, okay, this is the mm. Neve nineteen ninety eight, right? Uh, but in a different chassis. No, not at all. This is a Sentrance product that it is completely from ground up. Uh, you know, Sentrance, and and then any uh, marketing reference to Great Britain is an homage rather than you know any specific lift of any circuitry. I don't think I can think of. Any smaller three-band fully parametric EQ on the market at all than this? No, I agree. You can find these uh, graphic EQs and pedals a lot. You know, it's smaller than a 500 like series module. It's like half the size. Exactly, exactly. I didn't have one either. Yeah, no, no, no. But, but find find a three-band parametric that's this small and it's XLR. You know, that's fully balanced. You should try it on some instruments. It's pretty cool. You should also try Soulbox on a snare. I was blown away. Really, the compressor is really good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. It's pretty nice. I have a video up on, on our website where I actually go through a history of the sound of the snare drum by turning the compressor knob on the soapbox. So without compression, it's essentially the 60s. Mm-hmm. With medium compression, it becomes the 70s because the gated snare starts to come in. Huh. And then if you com- the compress all the way, if you turn the knob all the way to the right, then it becomes the 80s because it becomes the gated compressed snare with the additional... I was going to say, yeah, you'd have to be right. winding the gate up as well, right? In the 80s. <laughs> I will say, if I can make a request for the Soapbox 2, that the gate is an expander. That'd be my only request. So it doesn't pump as much. Oh, you can make it not pump as much. So it slides down to its whatever range, minus 60 or minus even infinity. But it never just goes there. It always has a slope. It opens more gradually and closes more gradually. Because I don't know if I can do it, but you can kind of... Even sometimes you can hear someone breathe in, you can hear it take their breath and like yeah. ch- ch- yeah. chop it Yeah, it's, it's pretty bit. drastic. It's yeah. it's just basically on-off. And it was designed to be that way, and, and we, we um, t- it took a while to get the timing just right so that it covers the majority of applications. Obviously, we didn't have the space for a couple more knobs. Seems pretty quick. That was, that was the point. So uh, if you really use the gate, then it becomes pumpy. So it can be like psh, psh, psh like that yeah well I, I found a good way around that is to use the blend the dry wet control that's that's pretty much your answer yeah it effectively yeah. changes the amount so it always leaves a little bit and it doesn't sound quite as like cut it's like the range control I like that that mix of the dry wet will give that you is, that is that is a poor man's expander if you wish so yeah. it, it works. <laughs> right, right. Well, no, it's a sentence yeah. expander. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 trick, the trick is old. <laughs> the trick is not our invention. <laughs> so so tell, us, tell us about the instant mono. That's, I think that's another one that, um, you know, it's kind of a unique thing. That's, you, you don't find that um, behavior on all interfaces, Insta mono, uh, the Insta in instant, Insta mono actually stands for Instagram. And uh, we put that in Portcaster and... What we've learned is that Instagram originally, may, they may have changed that now, but originally it was mono. So therefore, if you connect a stereo USB audio interface to Instagram, 
to do a live stream, then the left channel will go through and everybody will hear whatever's on the left channel, but the right channel will essentially be lost. So a musician who, let's say, is a um, guitar player and a singer at the same time, so a singer-songwriter, they would plug the guitar into one channel and the voice in, and the vocal microphone into the other channel, and then only one of those things would come through, and that was extremely frustrating. We had an earlier product called Mixerface where um, there was no blend, no, no stereo blend. It just, you know, two channels come in, two channels go out. I've got a mixer face. Right. The older one didn't have that blend knob. Now, uh, since COVID and since that the whole um, uh, idea of, of streaming from home came about, we learned that this is not good. And then that Insta Mono is essentially, it's a mono switch for mono blend knob for Instagram, which essentially unifies or um, combines your microphone and your guitar that you plug into channels one and two, and then sends that to Instagram and then your, your fans hear both things. That's really what it's for. Now, why is it a blend knob and not a switch? Um, because I had a hole I needed to plug with a with a <laughs> with a potentiometer, <laughs> and it kind of felt felt good. <laughs> well, so how does it work exactly? All the way left, right goes all the way to left. Is all the way left? Yeah. So it, when you turn it counterclockwise, which is to the left, you uh, are printing mono. Printing. When I say printing, I mean you're sending a mono signal into Instagram, so in your USB stream. But, but what's it doing electrically? Is it, is it bringing the right side fully over to the left side? Is that what it is? It's creating a mono mix, so it takes uh, you know 50% of the left and 50% of the right, it combines them together and creates a mono mix, and then it sends that mono mix to the left channel and that same exact mono mix to the right channel. That's the proper way of doing it. So what happens if you have it 50-50, like straight up at 12 o'clock. Now, now what's it so doing? So then, then it's it's in between mono and stereo, and um, I am still trying to figure out a good use case for that. Well, it's like it's like faking headphones for stereo if you want a little left-right bleed. Yeah. So, so at the 12 o'clock position, it basically takes left is 100% left plus 50% right, and right is 100% right plus 50% left. Is that what's happening? It is. Uh, it becomes 50 of, um, let's say, 50 of each. Yeah, so you you get it, it's slightly less than stereo. So now um, uh, I uh, I have to correct myself. I said that I'm struggling to come up with with a use case. I'm not, because we we make uh, two microphones that you can plug into Portcaster. These are tiny little uh, mics that are housed inside the XLR um, shells, and then they are angled so that when you plug them into channels one and two on the, over the Portcaster. Um, you form a XY stereo pair. And then at that point, uh, Portcaster becomes a stereo field recorder, uh, you know, with two mics. And then you can record a concert, a band, uh, whatever, or, or sounds of nature, animals. Uh, we have people recording all kinds of things, creeks, you know, mountain creeks. And then so there, what you can do is you can record in like full stereo, but sometimes if you're way too close to the source, the full stereo might actually sound uncomfortable. So in that sense, in that case, you might want to reduce the width of the stereo perspective slightly, and that's where the mono stereo blend, um, you know, ability to kind of go gradually between the two comes comes into play. Because I've stuck this actually um, in a Big Sur in California um, about a year ago, and I recorded the sound of the mountain creek because I thought it would be cool, and I stuck the portcaster on a rock in. <laughs> right next to gurgling water, right? And I I realized that um, the two microphones recorded completely different sounds 
from water hitting the rocks and and it actually sounded like way too much stereo so i had to blend it down a little bit and then it was a little bit more listenable that makes sense i can't think of one product that has that george can you think of any other product that has no, that can't I, it's one of those majorly missing features of like almost every other standard stereo interface like if you look at a scarlet 2i2 people try using the scarlet 2i2 all the time to do things like this and then they get frustrated when one person's voice is in the left and the other one's in the right and that's not what they need what they need was a mixer but they're using interface and they just don't conceptually understand what the difference is it's just that's that is a unique feature yeah. that pan moves someone to the left or right is a very unique feature to these entrance interfaces and you don't see the input pan on any mm-hmm. device what you do see is the ganged stereo monitor pan yeah. on almost all devices. So two places where Sentrance has been unique. Yeah. The Insta Mono knob, you can't, I can't think of any interface that does that unless it has a full mixer. The other thing that's unique is technically the original mixer face is the only interface I know of that has a separate left-right USB versus input plan. Yeah, that's unique too. Absolutely. Yeah, and then that use case it, it was useful for and was designed for is when you have a guitar in one end your voice on the other end and you might want to listen to a little bit of a background track and that gives you a blend between the guitar and the um, voice in the headphones it essentially affects the headphones right so um, so you, you can keep your levels where you want them with the two level knobs but you can adjust your headphone mix with those two other knobs but but you couldn't you couldn't affect your head you could affect the blend you could blend in more of your input than your output but when you played back your mix was different because it wasn't really yes a, this was for monitoring only. totally so what, what then is interesting also is the original mixer face and i'm not sure if this one has but the original mixer face at least also uniquely had a mono switch for the output so you could at least hear the two centered you weren't recording them centered, but it had a has a mono switch. And is that is that in the portcaster, or does that switch go away? It is. It's still everywhere, and it's, it, I have to say, it confuses um, a lot of people, including um, you know famous YouTubers. We won't name names, um, but essentially, <laughs> there th- this thing was designed to be so flexible. It's useful. We possibly overloaded it for like an average user so uh, i have customers who are tweaks and they love it because they can they can use it in so many different ways but for example the mono stereo monitor switch allows you to print in stereo but listen in mono right whereas the mono stereo blend knob you're listening Mm -hmm to whatever you're recording. So if you're blending with a mono stereo knob, you're actually printing mono, which is which is an important distinction. And and again, I can't think of any interfaces that do this. Most interfaces don't give you these types of choices. They're just features you can't find on a Focusrite or something like that. That's more for videography, things like that. So there's also a third, you know, there's a line output on the Portcaster, and then that allows you to record to essentially three places so you can use the portcaster to send your audio to three separate recorders one being the internal sd card recorder one being the usb whatever it is that you're recording to or streaming live to right and then the third one the line out goes out to the camera so that's for video applications and then you can record audio onto the camera as well can i give you a total feature for that go okay so you're recording stereo audio onto the internal card of the uh, portcaster in this case yes and then you have the line output stereo technically going into the camera right so 
put a timecode generator in this thing, record three channels of timecode onto the portcaster, and then drop one channel of timecode. It's been brought up. So far, we've dealt with people who do shorter things and they just jam sync it. Where, you know, if I, I don't know what the current thinking, current wisdom is, but, you know, about 20 minutes of content recorded. Yeah. It, it doesn't yet drift yet far enough. But it's a lot of work still. It's still a lot of work to go find it, you know, like Timecode just lines it up for you. You don't have to go. Yeah. After about an hour, it starts becoming a problem. But, you know, so far, I don't think we've dealt with anybody who's using these for very long periods of time. It's a voiceover artist who's recording for 30 seconds. Or if it's a YouTuber, then again, it's not a long, long thing. On the soapbox, Michael, on, on the bottom of the soapbox, and I think I've figured this out, there are three link switches for each of the processing, for the gate, for the compressor, and for the DSer. Can you tell us what they do? We wanted soapbox to be extendable to multi-channel situations. So, for example, for stereo or for multi-channel recording, what you can do is you can actually line up several of these soul boxes and you can have one of them control the others in a linked situation. So, in a stereo uh, program, that's important because you don't want the, the two channel, the light, uh, left and right channel, to pump differently. You want them to sort of be in sync. And what those switches do is they allow you to choose. Uh, there's a, there are two uh, jacks there called smart link. One is the link in and the other one is link out. And the, uh, so you can actually control one soapbox with another soapbox and one becomes the master and the other one becomes the non-master. But that's not like the slave of a compressor. That's just controlling the same knob. It's setting the two knobs at the same position. Right. There's still two parallel mono compressors. No, no, no. If you if you can uh, if you switch the um, uh, the switch to the remote, then the knob becomes useless on that unit that is in the remote mode. Essentially, it will only listen. It will only listen to what the other unit tells it to do. Ah, right. And what is the other unit telling it? Is it telling it where to set itself? Yeah, exactly. So the uh, because it's it's a control signal. It's like working on a VCA kind of. You thing. can have one soapbox control another soapbox. Wow. Is the VCA controlling the gain reduction, yes. or is it controlling the position of that knob? Uh, the position of the knob controls the VCA unless you flip the switch, put it in remote, and then a remote signal controls the VCA and the knob essentially sits there doing nothing. You can rotate the knob on the on the slave unit and it would it would not do anything mm -hmm. because the slave unit would be listening yeah. to the signal from uh, the master unit. Okay. So how are we linking those together? Is that the USB connection? The little eighth inch connectors. T TRRS. Yeah. The, that, that old, the, we're, we're having an arc here. TRRS comes back. <laughs> is it TRRS or just TRS? TRRS. Yes. Oh, you, are, are you using the whole TRRS cable for the VCA? Yes, because there's three things that we can control. Gate, compressor, and DSer. There you go. Oh, all three are on one link. You don't need three links. One wire. Yeah, one wire gets you linked. That's the smart link. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, right. So much innovation in these things. It's great, man. Wow. There you go. Very cool. Uh, that's part one of our chat with Michael Goodman from Centrance uh, talking about the English Channel. Next episode, we have Michael back to talk about the Passport VO, the collaboration between this podcast and Centrance. Catch you next time. Well, that was fun. Is it over? The Pro Audio Suite. With thanks to Trimove. And Austrian Audio. Recorded using Source Connect. Edited by Andrew Peters. And mixed by Robbo. Got your own audio issues? Just ask Robbo.com. Tech support from George.
forge the tech wisdom. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and join in the conversation on our Facebook group. To leave a comment, suggest a topic, or just say good day, drop us a note at our website, theproaudiosuite.com.